wicked, 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 wicked. Get down to business. I don't got no time to play around with this. this. This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1350 ESPN. Welcome in. This is Wicket's World. We are live on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. It's a little bit different this week because uh, we are at the mercy of the Chicago Cubs as they are on 1350 on the radio and such. This will be for a lot of the summer. There will be several of these shows that we do just from our basements or our living rooms or wherever because of Chicago Cubs baseball airing on 1350, which is, uh, to be honest, it's where the money's made. So, J.D., we can't really be all that upset, but here we are. It's good to see you, my friend. Yeah, you too. It's good to see you as well. Thank you for having me on as well. Uh, It's not very often I get to do a show from my recliner, so (laughs) I, I feel pretty good about this right now. Uh, we're going to get into a lot of co- a lot of college basketball. We're obviously going to get into the uh, Sweet 16 that is going on. A bunch of NFL news happened today. We definitely have to talk about. But wanted to jump right in as now. I don't want to be the guy that said I told you so, but I didn't see Iowa getting past Oregon. Uh, I said that's the kind of team that gives them all kinds of trouble. So we have to put a quick cap on the Iowa basketball season and touch on Iowa football getting ready for spring ball. And who else do we go to besides Rob Howe from HawkeyeNation.com? And he joins us. Rob, appreciate the time so much. You know, it's funny. The last time you and I talked, I was working for a different radio station here in Des Moines. And it was the first day of Iowa's basketball season. So I figure you and I can bookend this year. Uh, tremendously disappointing early exit. What has the last couple of days been like for Iowa fans? How have your message boards been at HawkeyeNation.com? Angry, man. Very <laughs> angry. Um, and I've said this before on podcasts and, and written about this. Unfortunately for any basketball team at Iowa that comes in the future, next year's team and beyond, it's it, it's going to be carrying what we've known for the last 22 years. No Sweet 16 appearances. It's unfortunate, but this team was carrying that on its back, and it ran to get it ran into a team that it did not match up well against in Oregon. I, I guess the anger that you're speaking of is it directed? Is it? Are they mad at just the overall ending? Are they mad at Fran? It's always an easy target. Are they just mad at the rest of the roster? Are they mad at Jordan McCaffrey? Like who are they all angry with? <laughs> It's mostly Fran. I, I think it falls <laughs> at his feet. It's just, I mean, the players change, but he's still there. You know, year 11, and they still haven't advanced past the second round of the NCAA tournament. It, it's on him to do that. And he just got a contract extension, yeah. too, right before this. And that plays into it as well. Why are we extending a guy that can't get us to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament? And that's kind of the narrative that's out there. And it's, it, it's it's unfortunate for Luca Garza, a generational player at Iowa. Um, but but I've talked to you know Jeff Horner, Greg Bruner, uh, Adam Holusko, all those guys that were on that 2016, a team that finished second in the Big Ten, won the Big Ten tournament, lost to Northwestern State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. That is a huge part of their legacy, and unfortunately for Luca a big part of his legacy is going to be not leading this team to the sweet 16 fair or not. That's what's going to be remembered. Hey, last one real quick before we switch over to football, obviously uh, JD, our producer and my co-host asked you this before we got on the air. 
I, I don't think Garza's got much of an NBA future. I certainly don't see him as a first-round pick. Maybe he hangs around the NBA for seven years. You know, he's a big guy. But do you see him getting any run in the association, or is he a European guy and maybe not that long of a professional career? Yeah, it's funny. If he was, you know, 30 years ago in the NBA, he would have been a star. <laughs> yes. You know, the Bill Lambeer yeah. years, yeah. you know, guys like yeah. that, John Conkak, guys like that. But the game has changed so much. He's really going to have to find the right spot and somebody who believes in him and can find a way to use him and utilize his skills. He's a, you know, he's a almost seven footer, footer that can shoot from three point range. Who does he defend at the next level? And how does his lateral quickness or lack thereof translate to the next level? I think he's got a chance, guys. I just I, I don't know enough about the ins and outs of every franchise to know where he might fit in. I think he has the heaviest feet of any basketball player I've ever seen in my life. He just runs boom, boom. I mean, what a great career. Uh, and watching him cry, it, it got me a little teared up. And then I I you know, I watched this postgame press conference on your website on HawkeyeNation.com. And I just thought, man, that you feel bad for a kid who came back, two-time All-American, player of the year, all the accolades, uh, for it, it to end the way that it did. Now, as much fun as it is to talk about Iowa basketball, let's be honest, it is a football school. And I don't know what to make of last year. 0-2, 6-0, they don't get the Michigan game, they don't get the bowl game. Rob, what was the attitude of Kirk Ferentz and these guys like in January when all of this just kind of came crashing down? Yeah, a lot of disappointment, and I think we've seen this across the sports landscape, guys. I don't know if the average fan has their mind around how much of a sacrifice a lot of these athletes, especially at the college level, made basically in their own bubble on campus, not seeing family and friends as much as they normally would, loved ones, Um and they put a, the football players started before the basketball, obviously, put a lot of time in committing to that. And through no fault of their own, through what happened at Michigan and what happened at Missouri, their last op, two opportunities were wiped out. And we see the group of seniors that are moving, moving on. They, know, they don't get a chance to play again with that group. So now they turn the page. Hopefully things are getting better in this country with the vaccine and moving towards Iowa this week, you know, along with the big 10 is now allowing 50% fan attendance at its spring sports, potentially a spring football game. So things are moving on, but I think there was a lot of disappointment with how the season ended, particularly with how well they were playing. I want to start with the defense because the biggest flashiest name no longer with the squad is Davion Nixon, big 10 defensive player of the year probably a first second day guy I mean the guy's just a phenomenal player is his replacement easy to name do you know the names of the guys who will replace he and Chauncey Golston and the rest of the guys on that defense that are gone no they lose three defensive linemen starting defensive linemen Jack Jack Heflin as well the grad transfer from Northern Illinois who had a really good year I thought and really helped solidify that defensive line that lost A.J. Epinesa from the year before and its two starting defensive tackles, one of which uh, got run with the Seattle Seahawks at the end of the year in, in Cedric Lattimore. So I was replaced a lot up front the last several years on its defensive line. You talked about Anthony Nelson with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Super Bowl champ. They've graduated a lot up front. This, I think, is finally going to be the year where we say, okay, 
what have they developed? Now, they still could go in the transfer portal. That thing is still full with players and, and address the defensive line. But, you know, it's going to be a young guy. It's going to be it's it's going to be players that are on the roster that hopefully they've developed that are going to step in there for the most part. I think most likely that's the most likely scenario unless they can plug a couple gaps with uh, guys in the transfer portal. Did, were you there at, their, uh, at the NFL Pro Day uh, that they had earlier this week? Were, were, did you get any reports out of that, how well Nixon and Golston and the rest uh, performed? Golston did really well for himself. The one guy I think that may have helped himself the most is a guy who was overlooked on the defense last year but was ultra important is Nick Neiman, whose brother Ben Neiman is a, yeah. a really key contributor with the Kansas City Chiefs. Nick measured in at 6'3", 235, and he ran a 4'4", 5'40". So it's funny because we went back – you go back to when Ben was coming out and we were asking the coaches about Nick, and they were saying, you know, Nick is a better athlete than Ben. And we were all like, wow, Ben's a really good athlete. And Nick really just – his three-cone drill, everything was off the charts the other day. So he's a guy I think that people liked the tape but now they have the measure the, the measurables to back it up. I think he moved himself up into the draft and and probably he's a four special team contributor and he's a guy that you, that's shown at Iowa he can play multiple linebackers positions and you guys know with a 53 man roster if you can get a guy who can help you in 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 several areas that's really valuable. What about on the other side of the ball going into this spring? It's am I safe to say that the quarterback spot is something we know is going to be, you can pencil it in, or is there a battle that we're not talking about? Yeah. The coaches never answer this question. How, <laughs> old, you know, how open speculate Rob. It's fine. It's only March. <laughs> they, they never say how open it is. I think you guys, you know, if we're being objective here, Spencer Petrus had an uneven first season. Now, how much of that can you chalk up to the pandemic and not him, him not getting the correct or the normal development time last spring and summer? It's hard to say, but they have two guys behind him that they think very highly of an Alex Padilla and Deuce Hogan. If one of those guys was to emerge and show that they're the guy, you know, I think they could over, overtake him. What Kirk has said is Spencer Petrus we know what we have in him. We feel like he's getting better, but we've seen before. I, I think most people thought that Jake Rudock was going to be the guy and CJ Beathard overtook him. It, I think it's, it's naive to think that guys don't get better in college. And if one of these guys behind him can prove that they're better, I, I don't think the coaches was, would hesitate to put him in there. And then, if you move down the road a little bit, guys, if it go, we go into the season, they start with Indiana and Iowa State. Right out of the shoe. Wow. So Whoa. if Spencer Peters is the starter but comes out and struggles in those first two games, all bets are off, I think. And what's the expectation for this team next year? You mean all the players we talked about on defense that are gone, questions at quarterback is I mean, I know that it's not Ohio State, it's not Alabama, it's Iowa. So the college football playoff may not be the standard, especially this year. But if you're an Iowa fan and the people who are reading your work over at HawkeyeNation.com, if I, if I want you to fill in the blank, my goal for Iowa is blank. Big Ten West title. I, I think at this point with a veteran coaching staff, you've got a quarterback that's coming back, quite a bit of talent on the offensive line. You've got potentially the best center in college football and Tyler Linderbaum. A lot of guys coming back on defense. 
this this program's at a point now, if it's not competing for the Big Ten West title, it's a disappointment. And we'll see what happens with, with Wisconsin. It fell off a little last year. Northwestern, I think, is, is right in the mix. Minnesota fell off a little last year. I just think we go into the season again saying, you know, there's probably three, four teams here that are competing for that Big Ten West title. And I'm not even 100% sure. I mean, obviously you look in the East and it's Ohio State because they always, yeah. they, they reload, 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 but they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback there as well. So, I, I mean, the Big Ten kind of at this point right now seems very wide open. Yeah, I would agree. I think Ohio State, as you said, they reload with four and five stars beyond what anybody else in the conference does. So from a talent level, they're mm-hmm. going to start ahead of everybody else in the race. But then Penn State recruits well. Michigan is recruited well. It's just they a just matter can't of coach. Can, <laughs> can he get over the hump? You know, can can Jim Harbaugh finally break through? Um, and until he does, I think he's going to be suspect. But I, I agree with you, Mike. I think this is a pretty wide open conference this year. You give it to Ohio State. You defer to Ohio State yeah. because of the talent. But well, it'll be interesting to see if anybody can break through. Hey, uh, before we let you go, what's your bracket look like? Any good? Doing okay? Burn it already? Yeah, I've got three of the four Final Fours. So oh. that's oh. that. I, I feel pretty happy about that. <laughs> I, I, you know, I went chalk, guys, and I picked Gonzaga and Baylor in the final. I thought they were the best two teams all year, and I know Baylor had some stumbles, but ultra talented. And then I also had Alabama in there. And uh, Illinois was the one that went by the wayside. So those are those are my three that are left. My bracket is pretty flimsy, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, Rob, uh, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I know you stayed a couple extra minutes longer than we agreed upon. But uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the Iowa insight. I will continue to bother you on this show. And uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Yeah, please do. Look me up whenever uh, you want. And good luck with the show. I'm glad there's another voice in the state for local sports. I appreciate that. Hey, thank you very much, Rob. You take care, my friend. You too, guys. We'll see you later. Rob Howe from uh, over at HawkeyeNation.com. I swear, every time I have asked that guy to come on, J.D., yeah, he's always said yes. He's never said no to me. And he's I a think great guy. He seems like a really good dude. I've never met him in person, but every time I've come on, uh, when I was doing work at a different different station here in town and to throw a little sports flavor uh, on the big stick, the flagship, if you will, uh, he came on and I just sent him a text earlier this week. I said, hey, we're doing this show. It's podcast only. It's stream only. Do you mind coming on? He said, no, 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 no problem at all. So uh, follow him on Twitter at Rob Howe HN, HawkeyeNation.com. Even though I never met him, I could pretty much see that he's just a great guy. Yeah. Definitely. I don't think you need to worry about that. Uh, One question that he didn't get, we didn't get to, uh, Kyle actually had commented on this. You might know this. I don't, but Rob might have. I I doubt I know it. (laughs) Okay. He wanted to know what the wide receivers ran for Iowa, how fast they were, because he was talking about, uh, oh, I'm forgetting the guy's name right now. Uh, Ben's brother. Neiman. Neiman, yes. Uh, He was talking about how fast the kid ran. And now, of course, Kyle chimed in, and he wants to know how fast the wide receivers ran. Let's just say if if, if they're wide receivers, you hope fast. All right. Let's see here if I can find this. Probably find uh, it. I'd have to. Uh, I'd have to read an entire article for you uh, to find it. <laughs> 
Start from the beginning. Yeah, Let's right. From the, from a different website? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, I will send you that link with all that information after we get off the air. Remind me. Yes. And thanks for the comment on the uh, the Facebook page. You can also hit us up on Twitter at ESPN DSM. I'm at Mike Wicket. JD is at JD on 1350 ESPN. And JD, I don't want to start this off with you saying I told you so, but I feel like I have to start this off by saying I told you so, and I get it. Like when he, when Rob was telling us how angry fans were after the loss to Oregon, I, I understand the anger, but going back and and watching. You know, thinking about watching the game against uh, Illinois and the games against Michigan and the other teams with athletic players, Gonzaga. I mean, Gonzaga's great. I, I, if I were to offer you Gonzaga or the other 15 teams in the tournament, who would you take right now? The, that are going right now? If I said Gonzaga or the field for the to win the title right now, who would you bet your 1350 paycheck on? Uh, boy, they're not going to make a lot of money off that. But <laughs> I, I will say, which is a standard reply for anybody. Right. Yeah, it's radio. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I will tell you, uh, I'm going to go with Gonzaga. I didn't think they they're would get really good, man. <laughs> they really are good. And I'm going to stay in their corner right now. I wasn't. They're not in my bracket. I, nope. I had them dropping off. But this has such, been such a crazy year. Yeah. I really thought the Big Ten would do a lot better than they did. Oh, man, I went. I picked eight Big Ten teams to win the first week, the first two days. I had eight Big Ten teams. I think I had six in the Sweet 16. My bracket looks like crap. <laughs> I haven't looked at mine since, uh, well, like two days ago was the last time I looked. And uh, Rob said I was in third place in our, uh, our pool on, okay. on Madness Mayhem. And uh, I... Uh, after that, just said, forget it. I don't care. <laughs> I I know I'm next to last, and I you think the only person pretty good. The only person doing worse than me is uh, Heather Lee from the Laser Morning Show, and Heather doesn't know anything about basketball. She picked Oral Roberts because it sounded dirty. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I look at the standings. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? <laughs> But um, yeah, so I'm going to stick with Gonzaga. I'm just going to roll with it and go and see what happens. Uh, I, I think that they're just playing very well. Um, here's a question for you. Yeah. Just a hypothetical question. Yeah. If Iowa were to have stayed in it, do you think they could have beaten Gonzaga? No. I don't no. either. No, no. no. I, 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 I think Iowa got exposed. And I hate, I hate when sports talk show hosts say that. Right. Such and such got exposed. Such and such got exposed. But Iowa really got exposed, or their their warts really shone through when they were playing against a team that is full of NBA players. Like, you look at those guys, and you can see guys making rosters, maybe a star or two in the NBA on that roster. I heard a an actual sports talk host in this city, in Des Moines, the day after, say, for the very first time, after watching Oregon play against Iowa, he thinks Luca Garza may struggle in the NBA. I about drove my car off the side of the road when I heard that. You are really and, and look. You just now noticing you that. You just now know a slow plodding big man <laughs> isn't going to play well in today's NBA. Oh, I'm not an NBA guy. Yeah. You don't. It doesn't matter. Like if you're a sports talk, if you're a sports fan, you can see the difference in skills. 
between Luca Garza, who's a great college player, maybe That's the amazing. greatest Hawkeye of all time. Absolutely. And watching his game not translate to the NBA, even the old school NBA. I know we kind of joked and said he kind of fits that John Concack, Bill Lambeer kind of role, which he does. Yeah. But still, Iowa's roster has barely any athleticism on it whatsoever. And the starting five especially doesn't have a lot of uh, athleticism whatsoever. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if Fran's ever going to have a defense that is any good. I don't know if Fran's ever going to go from being a, you know, bottom, bottom half of the country defense to being a top 10 defense. But boy, oh boy, that defense we heard so much improving. It sure didn't do a heck of a lot against uh, the, the, uh, the Oregon Ducks. The funny thing about this was you were saying this very same thing in the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. You were saying this before we got to the Big Ten tournament. Then they proved us. They played some teams so well. They played Ohio and, State great the regular yeah. season. We're like, oh, there it is. Yeah. And I thought I thought they were primed and ready to go to get into the tournament. If you were to ask probably Coach McCaffrey, Fran would have said they were primed and ready to go to get into the tournament. Um, And then when they played Grand Canyon, Grand Canyon's got some great shooters and some athleticism there. And they they stuck it to Grand Canyon from beginning to end. So I thought, okay, maybe we were wrong. No, no. No, no. <laughs> I mean, Grand, no. Grand, Grand Canyon's a good team. They score a lot of points. They have the they they play deep, but they're in the whack. You know, this isn't the Big Ten, or as we're finding out, the Big Ten's not so great. Like, what happened to our conference? I'm a much more Big Ten guy than any other conference, considering my background. And the Big Ten, you know, after the first couple teams started dropping, I tweeted out, can't wait for the narrative of how overrated the Big Ten is and how underrated the Pac-12 is. Well, it turns out that narrative is right. It turns out that na- narrative is 100% right because Sparty got bounced, had an 11-point lead at halftime in the play-in game. They lost. Iowa lost, got outclassed by Oregon. Ohio State got beat by Oral Roberts. Right. Uh, who else? Illinois got shocked by Loyola. That, that one really shocked me. I really didn't think Illinois would lose like that. Uh I, I thought that they were a much better team. And I, I had a pick to win. Uh, Illinois was probably the second most popular pick, I, I think. I don't have stats on yeah. that. But I would imagine most people were just blown away by that. What What really surprised me so much about Loyola and Illinois, two couple of things. One, Loyola won the MVC. They were net rating number 10 in the country. Loyola's Ken Palm rating was nine, meaning there are only eight other teams that were more efficient, including Iowa and Illinois, but they were Ken Palm nine. They were net rating 10. They were the conference regular season and tournament champions in the MVC, and they got an eight seed. And you got them going up against, and I heard the big kid, Crutwig, is that the kid's name with the really weird mustache? I heard an interview with him uh, this week saying, when they watched the bracket come out, they saw a potential matchup with in-state rival Illinois. Because you know those guys that went to Loyola, Chicago, a lot of them wanted to go to Champaign, but they weren't good enough to go to Champaign. That team was disrespected. A team that was in the Final Four two years ago, three years ago, was disrespected by the NC. I mean, not too many teams have the resume that Loyola did, except their name is Loyola. If you give that record or that resume or whatever, that Ken Palm rating to, hell, to Iowa State, 
That team's not an eight seed. That team's a five seed, maybe a four. They were horrendously underseeded, and they took that disrespectfully. And I'll bet you, I'll bet you Illinois thought, yeah, Loyola, they play in the Valley. They're not going to. That's a really good team. That's a well-coached team. They all play in in the system very, very well. I, I, I was – I wasn't blown away. I was upset because I know a lot of people had Illinois in their brackets. I had them losing the next round to Oklahoma State, which blew up my bracket completely, too, (laughs) (laughs) when they lost to whoever they lost to Oregon State. Uh, But, yeah, that one was definitely, definitely a shocker for a lot of people. And, you know, maybe Loyola is going to get back to the Final Four. Who knows? Maybe we – are you sick of Sister Jean yet? That's the real question. Is everybody sick of this 101-year-old nun who sits on this side and cheers on her team? No, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. I, I want to keep. I want to keep it going. I, I want to see her uh, pull her beads out, the hail mary beads. Yeah, and, the rosary. Uh, do her thing, yeah. the rosary. <laughs> and uh, I, I was all about that. You know, I was thinking when I watched Loyola with Illinois, that was kind of like a dream matchup that I wanted between Drake and Iowa. I wanted that matchup to happen so bad because I gotta tell you, I think Drake. Well. Maybe don't say without, it. Don't, don't maybe say without it. their two stars in the back, <laughs> they couldn't pull it off. But I think everybody in the state of Iowa wanted to see that matchup so bad. Um, but it didn't happen. But so that's why, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Loyola, yeah, they, they took that as a bad omen. Or yeah. I, they took that as a bad, you know, uh, pun to them. And and uh, they took it to them and they, they did what they needed to do. Yeah. So we'll see where, happened, where we go from there. Uh, uh, speaking of Drake... Yeah, can we talk about this for a quick second? Yeah. I didn't have Drake beating USC either. I know we had Coach DeVries on last Friday. Um, but when you – man, and, and the somebody had a great line about the selection committee this this weekend. They said, did the selection committee go to bed after 9 o'clock all basketball season long? Because right. they sure didn't see any, and I mean any, of the uh, – of the Pac-12 because of how where everybody was seated. Now, Oregon State snuck in because they won their conference tournament. Had they not done that, they wouldn't have been in and they wouldn't have blown up any brackets. But all of these, USC and Oregon, all these teams look great out of the Pac-12. The problem for USC, the problem for Drake when they play USC is simply talent. Upper end NBA level talent. One of the Mobleys is going to wind up being a lottery pick. Um, it's going to happen. So I just, I, it was one of those where I was like, oh, I don't like the talent matchup between the two teams here. It just feels like Drake is severely in some trouble. Um, and they kind of were. They were, they're just not as big. They're not as long. They're not as athletic as USC. And they weren't as healthy. And I think by the end of the game, that's a good point. But I think it, it, along with that, at the end of the game, they were out of gas. They were just really – it looked ga- – they looked really gassed in the second half of Especially that. Especially when they pulled away like they did, and they were playing so tight, and I was so mm-hmm. proud of them. They were hanging in there at the half. They came back, came out in the second half, and then that's when USC, of course, distanced themselves. Yeah. Um, but like you said, they're gassed. I mean, think about what they've had to deal with. We even talked to Co- – you talked to Coach DeVries about that in uh, your interview, um, just what they've had to go through before the tournaments even happened. And then with this, I th- I still think they should have had a better seed. I think had they had a better seed, <laughs> they might have live on that, huh? <laughs> I'm still uptight about that. I really thought they should have been a play-in game. I thought they should have been a higher seed. And then I think they're still playing. Well, maybe not right now, but 
I, I think that they get by that next round and then, you know, just my thought, for, food for thought, I guess. Well, they didn't, to me, they didn't deserve a higher seed. They, they really didn't. So. No, they really didn't deserve a higher seed. I mean, they didn't win the conference tournament. They didn't win the, the, the regular season conference title. They choked at the end. They could have beat Bradley. Uh, they didn't that last game of the year. They got some bad luck. Um, with the injuries to Tank and to Roman and whatnot. So I I really wasn't that shocked by the seed. I would have rather they didn't have to play a play-in game, you know, if you're a fan. But that's just kind of the the nature of the beast, I think. At least they got a victory out of the deal, I guess. you look at. Yeah, I mean, they got a – see, is Drake fan going to hang a banner for that? Is Drake fan going to hang a banner that says – we have a conference tournament win. I hope they don't do that. I know they haven't been there since 2008. I really hope that they're not one of those teams that just hangs a banner for a conference or for an NCAA tournament play-in win. Right. I would say... I hope not. <laughs> you expect more from your program as it develops. Yes. Kind of like Iowa should. Hello, Iowa. Yes. Yes. Stop. And and, and Rob alluded to that, that he, they've had a lot of angry fans, probably more than he's probably used to in the past. But now, like he said, they're in the seventh season. They still haven't gotten past the Sweet 16 to the no. Sweet 16, which is sad because they've had teams that should be able to pull it off. So I get why I, I kind of like the fact because you had, you've said this before. The fans got to stop sitting back and going, oh, well, it's okay. Football season's coming up. No big deal. You got to start getting mad at Fran because he doesn't have a problem getting mad at no, us. No, <laughs> You hey, got to start holding them accountable for what they are and they're recruiting all of that and, and start taking care of business and get where you're supposed to go. The format of the NCAA tournament has been changed a little bit, backed up due to COVID. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I kind of like it. I kind of <laughs> dig the new... I kind of dig the new format. You know why? Why? Here's why. Um, so I didn't miss the play-in games. Like, you know how you watch those play-in games? Did you ever really like the play-in games? I never watched them. Never. I were always I, – I never paid attention to them. But Matter of fact, they weren't even on my uh, bracket. But even, even – yeah, nobody ever picks those, right? Like, when you do the bracket, it doesn't matter what happens in the play-in game. You always have the choice of the winner of the 11 seed versus a 6 or the winner of a play-in game versus the 16 or whatever. Like, you have that. Um, but I actually watched them. And I know Drake was in it, and that's important to the show. And the next day we were talking about him and what a crazy finish it was. But I watched three of the four play-in games. I didn't stay awake for the fourth one. I didn't see a single dribble of UCLA and Michigan State. So that was the Thursday. And the first three days of the week, normally you get a couple of playing games Tuesday and Wednesday. Didn't mess with my days very much. Just felt like a normal Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Friday kicked it all off. And then Saturday. And sometimes on that first Sunday of the NCAA tournament, I sit there and I'm thinking, oh, man, this has to end. Oh, nuts. And I don't get basketball until next Thursday. But then you woke up Monday and it was like, woohoo! More basketball on Monday. Big and games, then, too. And what, Iowa was the first game. Yeah. And and then it kind of shortened the week. Like, you got to – and I know we normally have Sweet 16 games Thursday, Friday, and the Elite Eight is Saturday, Sunday, and there was no basketball this week, yesterday, or today. But it kind of shortened the week in my mind because it was a four, kind of like a four-day work week. 
mm-hmm. f- to get to Friday, regardless of basketball or not. Everybody loves Fridays. We're doing this show on Fridays, all that kind of stuff. And now I know the next four days have nonstop basketball once we get to the Sweet 16 tomorrow and Sunday and the Elite Eight Monday, Tuesday. I know I blasted it, but, J.D., I kind of liked it. So if they go back, you don't want them to go back now. You, you're kind of getting into this, and, and you think it's set up just fine. You were really against this. I know. I didn't fact, you, were, you were going angry, Mike. I know. <laughs> uh, and, That'll and, teach uh, me. You like it. I'm not going to be mad if we go back to the old format. All right. All right. I, I won't be upset if we go back to the old format, but I'll be okay as well. This is the worst thing for a sports talk host. You know how sports talk hosts are supposed to have the hottest takes and oh, my yeah. way or the highway and everything is wrong. And it, this is one of those where I'm like, I'm okay if they stick with this format. Right. I'm okay if they go back to the old format, maybe a hybrid, maybe start the Sweet 16 Friday and Saturday, and then do the Elite Eight Monday, Tuesday, and have it mirror what we just did last weekend, it's going to feel really weird. What was it like to drink a beer on Monday or two? Um, Well, I drink every Monday. (laughs) (laughs) So that really isn't a big change for me. Um, I, I, you know, normally in a previous life, when I don't stay home with three babies like I do, um, I probably would have been at the bar on a Monday. Uh Like I would have been at the bar on a Thursday, even though there was no big dance technically. Making sure you had those wings, you know, and the endless. uh, Tall beer that gets uh, hot sauce all over it when you grab it with two hands so you don't drop it. And then you you actually grab it like with your palms so you don't get the the sauce on the wings. Uh, I mean, I didn't go out drinking like I normally would during the NCAA tournament because of the, the, the. well, you're being a responsible husband and father. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of you for that. <laughs> By not drinking alone with your three babies, you're being a responsible. <laughs> George dad. Thorogood's song comes to mind. I drink alone. <laughs> Remember that? That should be Mike's theme song. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know what you thought of it, JD, but I actually kind of dug it and will not hate it if the NCAA looks at this and says, "Let's do this or something like this next year." I got to be honest with you; it didn't bother me like it did you. Um, so Initially. I don't mind it. Like, like you said, you, you're coming up at the beginning of the week. Um, I, I agree with you. It does feel like your, your week is shortened. Yeah. Um, and, and it is kind of fun because they've, you've had, we had some great basketball games. Games have been fantastic. Yeah. There have been, 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 I mean, been a ton of great games. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like that whole, uh, national championship game that they saved for Monday nights, uh, for football. Uh, and we were getting that, you know, all the time. We were getting some great matchups that we didn't really at first think were going to be great matchups. And they haven't disappointed at all. Now, I'm not saying other leagues should mimic this, but, you know, what you're saying, that that national championship game on a Monday night, was that, yeah. the, fir- was that the first Monday uh, after the wild card weekend, right? I think that's usually when it falls in line. Yeah. That's great. That makes you feel like you got a three-day weekend of football. You get right. wild card Saturday, which, by the way, I love the expanded NFL playoffs. I don't know. I, I knew we were going to like them. I, but, I don't care. I'm not the one playing, so no, why would I care? Yeah. But, but I love the expanded playoffs. You get that extra team. You know, the Bears backed their way in. I loved three wild card games, three wild card games, Saturday and Sunday. I don't know. I know the 17th game is coming. I know there's a lot of changes that always come every year. I really hope the NFL sticks with the seven teams in each conference making the postseason. I know it's going to start to sound like the NBA or the NHL 
where half the league makes the postseason, and that's not what I want. I'm, I'm not saying that, but I d- definitely do uh, like the idea of that three six wild card games, the first two. I don't need a third day of the NFL, although I'd watch it. It'd get great ratings. But right. having that national championship game on a Monday night kind of makes you feel like it's a third day of football. And, and the does. hype leading up to it, I, I love it. I think it's great. I, I think it's fantastic, and and I, I I'll stick with it. I'm not gonna. It's not gonna bother me at all. Um, More football with, is better. Always. Football is always better. Yeah. Are you a bask? You're you're more football. Or are you more basketball? It, yes. Some <laughs> somebody asked me that. I was on a podcast. I was a guest on a podcast this week, and it was I'm part of an at home dad Facebook group. Okay. And uh, they wanted they the, you know you start to get to talking to the guys in the Facebook group and whatnot, and uh, one of the guys wanted me to come on the podcast because he knew my sports background and what I did here for 1350 for ESPN Des Moines and my, my previous life. And he said, you know, which is your favorite, football, baseball, or basketball? And, and I'm sorry to the people who love baseball, but it's never baseball. It's never been baseball. It never will be baseball. I think baseball is third. But I said, well, I think it depends what time of the year it is. Like right now, I'll tell you college basketball is great. And in a month, when I'm watching the NBA playoffs, I'll probably tell you, God, the NBA product is so much better. And then when we get to the fall on Saturdays, I'll be like, they're playing for the love of the game and the pageantry and college football is the best. But Sundays, I'm like, fantasy and I love picking games and and all that. So I don't – it used to be basketball one, football two. I think some things that have changed in the way basketball has – become played makes it a little more unwatchable for me football to me while things have changed and the game is very very different you can't hit anybody when you can't hit a quarterback to me i think football is is number one over basketball and that's different from say five years ago right uh i used to think baseball was the number one sport for the, well it was for the longest time uh football has overtaken that obviously uh i i have become more of a college football fan and, and and of course, my one team that I that I love dearly in the NFL, uh, <laughs> and they've actually been very active this offseason, which yeah. has been nice to see. Still got Kirk Cousins though. Still got uh, still got still it. got Kirk Cousins. We still got him. You and like that? He's not going to kill you. I'm sorry, he's not going to kill. You. Not going right. to win you anything. Well, you never know. Maybe we don't need him to do that. Uh, that's a discussion <laughs> for either here or there. Maybe that brings us into NFL free agents. Right. We've had some stuff going on here today that where everybody's like, "Whoa, yeah," Maybe, you know. But I would say, yeah, the the NFL by far takes over for me in in more dominant form. I was a college hockey fan because I grew up in the state of Minnesota. Sure. Uh, and right now, there's a lot of guys from Minnesota that are playing in the in the tournament right now. So I follow that. Uh, not quite as tight as I used to because I don't live there anymore. Uh, but, yeah, basketball right now is, is really big. Uh, but I would say, yeah, that football is probably number one. Foot, football has done – the NFL has done such a good job of just being around all the time. Right. You know, like, like right now, we're in March. And traditionally, March is the madness. It's the NCAA tournament. It's brackets this. It's what everyone's talking about the NCAA tournament. But the NFL is like, huh, think so, huh? Here's what we're going to do. Free agency. The, oh, we're we're going we're gonna, to uh, set up the draft. We're going to have the combine. I know there's no combine this year, 
But yeah. we're going to do the combine in February. We're going to have free agency start in March. We're going to own our off season. The NFL has been brilliant at that. Draft is coming up in April. Mini camps in May. Uh, you know, OTAs in June. The rookie camp in May. The OTAs in June. You could have July off baseball. Take the All Star game. It's fine. But yeah. when August hits, it's training camp and football blows it away. I mean, you look. You know, at the- and, and here's why. Um, Major League Baseball, when they have their free agency period and you get those signings, I pay attention because I do want, you know, I'm a big Twins fan, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, But here's the thing. If you get an NFL free agent signing, there's more impact coming from that NFL free agent than Major League Baseball because that Major League Baseball free agent is changing teams, he's changing divisions, changing competition. And they don't always have that impact that that NFL free agency that that got signed, uh, a la Reggie White. He well, turned the Green Bay Packers around, you know, by signing with a pack. Well, I mean, you know? I think the problem, too, is once guys – and this is a problem with baseball. Once guys get to a point, and let's say they play for Milwaukee or Kansas City, you know they're not staying there, and you know where they're going to wind up. You just know that um, the pit uh, Garrett Cole, who was right. real, who was didn't live up to the hype in Pittsburgh, got traded over to Houston. Success in Houston. You knew as soon as he blew up where he was going to wind up. You knew he was going to wind up with the New York Yankees. Yeah. You know that the the L.A. Dodgers are going to spend more than anybody to buy a World Series, and it finally worked last year. You just know these teams that have unlimited payrolls are going to get the best talent and that sucks but that's the way that it is that's just the way baseball rolls whereas in football it's basketball is different because market matters Miami is much more attractive than Oklahoma City even though they have the same salary cap in Mm -hmm. football everybody's got that cap it doesn't really matter where you live I don't think to to a lot of NFL players in terms of lifestyle um I, I think football is so set up, and God, I would hate to see the cap go away. I would hate to say the players get as much power in football, players' union get as much power in football as the union has in Major League Baseball, because that's what kind of turns me off from Major League Baseball. It's who has the deepest pockets, who can spend $300 million. Like, I'm a Brewers fan. Right. Bre- Brewers have to pick and choose and find guys and grow their own homegrown talent. I mean, it's mid-market baseball is like mid-major basketball. Every couple of years, Drake jumps up. Loyola jumps up. Every couple of years, Kansas City's there. Every couple of years, Milwaukee's there, although they've been pretty consistent lately. You know what I mean? Like, it's always Houston big money. They're there. Uh, Even though they grew their team a couple of years ago to, to get to a World Series. Boston, New York, Los Angeles. Those teams have money, and they may not always win, but they always get the big name players, and that sucks. Yeah, it, it does stick. It, I, I'm not a big fan of that at all either. Um, my thought is, why does Kansas City, Minnesota? Well, Minnesota's actually had a bigger league mentality lately. Uh, they've been able to do it. Milwaukee. Why do these cities not think big? Major League Baseball makes a lot of money. If you are a Major League Baseball club, you're making a lot of money, even if your attendance is down. If you get that major league free agent in there, your attendance is going to go back up. Prove to your fans that you give a damn, and all of a sudden, you people are going to come out and start supporting you. They're going to get the jerseys. They're going to be out watching the games. 
I don't care who it is. I just think the mentality needs to change a little bit. The, the owners are like, well, uh, I don't think I can spend that much money because I'm a small market team. Well, if you have that attitude, guess what? That's where you're well, going to be in the major league. So change the attitude like the NFL teams have now. Well, it's the truth, though. I mean, the Yankees and their TV money versus the Brewers and their TV money is, yeah. you know, apples and oranges or apples and really, really small grapes. Yeah. Uh, Mark Adonazio has a lot of money. He's the Brewers' owner, but he doesn't have Yankees' ownership money. And no. those guys are writing their own checks without a salary cap. And again, the thing is, you look at Hugh Keeps winning the World Series, it's not all the team that wins the World Series isn't necessarily the team that spends the most. No. But you look at the playoff teams, and usually six out of eight are teams that spend the most money. You know what I mean? Like, you'll, yeah. you could occasionally get a Milwaukee or a Pittsburgh or somebody who Kansas City had their two-year run where they went back-to-back. It was all homegrown talent. It, it was all homegrown talent there. Yeah, you know, true. I San Diego just spent a boatload on Fernando Tatis Jr. I've never seen the Padres spend money like that. I don't know where they got $350 million or whatever <laughs> that was. Uh, but Tatis is – and that, to me, I would rather have – three guys, you know, worth 10 million each than one guy worth 30. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Well, it, and I'll, I'll share with you a quick story. Uh, you know, who Kent Herbeck is. Yeah. Okay. Herbie, I had a chance to interview him uh, my, at the old station that I was at up in Duluth. He had mm-hmm. come up to do a, a function and he sat down and we did an interview. Fun guy to talk with. Um, I asked him, why is it so different why are, you know, if a team spends a lot of money on a free agent, does he not have the same impact that he would if he was in the NFL? He said, not that the NFL doesn't have this, but he goes, in Major League Baseball, it's so key. Chemistry. Yeah. Dugout. He goes, we had guys that had to fit our chemistry. He said, we had guys that you had the clown, you had the athletic leader, you had the serious guy. You had the, you know, and then you had the manager that managed it all together. He made a great explanation, and he goes, I don't think you can ever do that in Major League Baseball. That's just his thought. He didn't feel that you could ever do what you did in the NFL in Major League Baseball huh. and have the same success. Yeah, I I, I think I, I think it's in the NBA, too. I think, I mean, especially because you only have 15 guys on the roster. Right. Seven or eight of them have to really like each other. You yes. Know, you, you have to have chemistry. You have to have guys who – buy into the coach's system. I think that's why Miami, the Heat, are always dangerous with Spolstra. You know, the Lakers are different because they have LeBron and Anthony Davis. When they're healthy, they're great. But you have to buy into that system. I think when you see NFL teams that are a disaster, look at coaching. Are people buying in? Are people believing? Is the relationship between the quarterback, the coordinators, the coach, everybody? It, how to? I will bet you, despite all the big names, and the biggest is Tom Brady. I'll bet the Buccaneers were one cohesive unit. I, oh, yeah. I mean, you, you kind of have to be in the NFL. Uh, you know, if you're going to be managing all those egos, I think Bruce Arians gets a lot of credit for that. And I think baseball is the same way, especially because you have so many guys out there uh, in Major League Baseball where, you know, it's such a mental game. Yep, it, it, it really is a mental game, and everybody has to have everybody's back. And I think, I don't know if the, the Dodgers are a great clubhouse. I don't know if they've had bad clubhouses and then all of a sudden had one good clubhouse. I, I think it has more to do with talent 
<laughs> I really do. Well, I think what I he was alluding to when he was talking about chemistry in the clubhouse atmosphere yeah. was the smaller clubs, the, the smaller team clubs like the Minnesotas, the Milwaukee's and stuff. Yeah. That's how they were able to win because they had that team uh, us first mentality. And, uh, and, and then the fans bought into it. So they had this energy that was there. And that's, I think what he was alluding to more than anything, maybe, mm. Yeah, sometimes the teams like Atlanta that year that they won the World Series, he said, who had the better talent? Maybe Atlanta did. But Minnesota's chemistry, Minnesota's atmosphere, there was just something about it that year that that uh, just were able to pull off the victory. Uh, and like you said, it was one of the greatest World Series ever played. Um, I agree that because I've be, obviously being a Minnesota fan, it was the greatest <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> World Series ever played. Uh, but still... Uh, that's, I think what he was alluding to, but like, you know, like you were saying, talent has a lot to do with it, obviously, but what he was saying was helping the younger clubs or like the, the smaller clubs is that chemistry does help them and it it catapults them deeper into the playoffs. Yeah. I, I, and I think you're, you know, we're, we're, we kind of ticked on, uh, on NFL free agency. I think when these guys are deciding where they're going to go and who they're going to play for, I, I, I don't know how much always factors into a clubhouse or who wants to go to a well-run organization. I think, as we saw with uh, the sellout J.J. Watt, uh, I think we saw, I mean, he might really like Kyler Murray. He might really like the desert. He might really like warm water or warm weather, excuse me. Yeah. But ain't no way are you going to Arizona if you want to win that ring. (laughs) You know what I mean? None of these guys, who was it, Kenny Galladay. Yes. $72 $72 million for Kenny Galladay. Yeah. And wow. he chose Daniel Jones. And yeah. I mean, yeah. Kenny Galladay just sort of said, who's paying me the most? I don't even need to visit your squad. I don't need to come to your facility. Who's writing the biggest check? He could have done all his NFL meetings. Like we're doing this show on zoom. All right. And said, who's going to, who's going to hit me up with that Venmo and send right. me those millions right now. Because that's where I'm going. You're not taking, you're not taking a payday with the Giants if you're looking to win a ring anytime soon. No, you know a, a sports pundit said this once. I was listening to this this last week. He said, and you can't blame them. He said there are certain players in this league that you're going to get your money. He said, and he goes, I'm. All, he goes, I get it. They're all about getting the money because they're not a Tom Brady is what they said. They're not a Tom Brady. They're not going to make long lasting money. They're going to get their money up front. And then afterward, it's going to be more about trying to win the ring. You know, uh, and he goes, you can't blame them for that. Yeah. And and I listen as a Packers fan, uh, I'm watching this team in salary cap hell, literally kick the can down the road. I mean, they, if you, if you're a Packers fan or you've been watching all the contract restructuring that these players have been doing, and this is happening all throughout the league. Yes. This is called kicking the can down the road because a lot of teams like green Bay, their 2022 salary cap is an absolute disaster and (laughs) they had better get fans back in. They had better hope that salary cap goes way up because this cap, situation with COVID dropping it down to 182, 183 million, whatever it was for a lot of teams, they were scrambling. The good teams are the ones that prepare for things like this and, and and can get under the cap 
no problem. But, you know, you, you look at the big fish, the one who hasn't. You know the highest paid quarterback in the NFL is going to be this year? It's not your boy. It's not your boy, Kirk Cousins. Almost close, though. Yeah, it's close. He's top 10. <laughs> uh, it's Aaron Rodgers. His, his cap hits $37 million. He's going to make more than anybody. And Packers fans are screaming, he's got to restructure. You're going to tell the MVP to restructure? You, are you going to tell the guy who just won the MVP of the National Football League, take less, take a pay cut, restructure? He doesn't owe him anything. Here's why Aaron Rodgers is not going to do that. Green Bay has never proven to Aaron Rodgers that they're going to go out, get him the linemen they might need, get the, the tools that he might need, like another wide receiver. They had the number one offense in the National Football League I, last I'm, year. I'm number one. Off- because of Aaron Rodgers. You are listening to Colin Cowherd far too much. <laughs> far too much. I have heard the analogy about how they don't always go out for that nice steak dinner. I have heard Cowherd say that. <laughs> Cowherd doesn't know. He doesn't know that they have the highest price left tackle in the National Football League. They have the best offensive line in the NFL. They have the best quarterback, not named Mahomes, but he won the MVP. Their offense was number one in the National Football League. How come they didn't go out and get Kenny Galladay? They don't have have any money. They don't literally. They were $30 over the cap. But they could have found it if he was able to restructure. Some of these guys were able to restructure. They could have found it, brought some guys in, proved to Aaron, hey, who do you want? And then if we want to get them, can you restructure? Because we you would have – you can't say, Aaron, we're going to move $30 million of this year to 2022 because then you're going to owe him $60 million next year and 20 the following year when he might not even be a Green Bay Packer. Well, the, well what if you took $10 million? You $10 million doesn't get you Kenny Galladay. It might get you, but it might it get you somebody get you else. It doesn't get you anybody. Yes, it doesn't it get does. you, it doesn't get you anybody. They rest- five guys restructured their deal. They signed the best left tackle in football to an extension. He blew out his ACL. They signed the best white or the best running back free agent in Aaron Jones. Their own guy brought him back in. I the, the Packers have done everything they can financially because they put themselves in this situation by spending so much on their quarterback. Right. That's why it is so important for Kyler Murray or Josh Allen, or still Mahomes, to win on your rookie deal. That is why it is so important. Because look at the top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League salary-wise. I don't think a lot of them have too many rings. Ben Roethlisberger had to take a $15 million pay cut, and he's still making $20 million this year, and his arm is shot. (laughs) But But they have to pay him. They they have to. What's their other option? Mason, what Rudolph? Is that their, is that what they're supposed to do? Yeah, no. I mean, if you the most valuable contract in sports is an NFL quarterback, a good NFL quarterback, still on his rookie deal because it sucks. I mean, Dak Prescott's not worth the money they're paying him, but you have to do it. What is your other option? Right. Are you are you going to bring back Andy Dalton? He went to Chicago. That was the best news <laughs> Thank of you. the entire year. Of the we entire don't week. have to worry about Russell Wilson in our division, man. <laughs> you don't have, listen, if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, you don't have to worry about the division. But if you're looking, if you look at, you know, these quarterbacks getting these mega deals, you kind of have to do it. Like Jared Goff's not worth thirty million dollars a year, but he's been to a Super Bowl. You knew as soon as they won the NFC title game a couple of years ago. 
You knew Jared Goff was going to get a paycheck, and he's not nearly a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. That guy is $100 million guaranteed coming his way. I know. That guy. I mean, unbelievable. So it, if you, it's crazy. If you have the young guy uh, on your roster, and Mahomes is the outlier, but, I mean, look at Mahomes. Look at Josh Allen. Look at, I mean, Deshaun Watson just signed a mega contract, and who knows what his situation is. Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence next month when he goes number one overall. Your window is so small to spend on everybody else that it is so vital and you do what you can do or you wind up like Green Bay, who has a massive contract with their quarterback and you have to find deals when you can. That's why they can't bring in Will Fuller. And you got to go all in. You throw your chips in on that young guy in the draft. Yeah. That makes sense. Which I think a lot of teams are like all dialed into now. They're all kind of keyed into that. It's the Mahomes rule. Yeah. I mean, you you just never know who you're going to get. And you hope that 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 kid that you get in the offensive line to protect that Aaron Rodgers that you got in the backfield mm-hmm. turns out to be who he is, a la Tom Brady getting the kid from Iowa. Oh, worse. You know? That was a great pick. What a brilliant pick that right. turned out to be. Uh, right. That guy was fantastic. And you look at Brady. He restructured. Now he's going to make 20, 22, something along those. I got into a big fight with a Packers fan about how Brady, I said Brady is the GOAT because for 20 years he's always restructured his contract to so the Patriots and Buccaneers and it helps to have okay. Bill Belichick. Why is it why is it good for Brady to restructure, but now you're telling me that Aaron Rodgers shouldn't restructure? I didn't say he shouldn't. I, I said the Packers can't do it. Okay. Tampa has been in fine financial the, the Patriots were run well. The Buccaneers were run well. The Packers are financially hamstrung by a couple of huge contracts and they still have to figure out a way to pay Devontae Adams this coming off season. Because you're not going to let the best wide receiver in the NFL go anywhere, especially if Aaron's going to be sticking around throwing him the ball. But Brady took less so they could sign Levante David and Shaq Barrett and bring those two guys back. And those two guys were arguably the reason that Patrick Mahomes still has nightmares. He, they, they, they franchised Chris Godwin. They're, I mean, they're not bringing back Antonio Brown. But Brady networks, brings guys in, has guys take less because he wants to win rings, and Brady is doing it. Now, in a couple of years, Tampa might be in some financial, you know, hell. But right now, pff, Tampa's looking good again to yes, run it back. They are. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah. Brady threw those three interceptions in the NFC Championship. I, so, yeah. I'm sorry. He is starting to decline. He's still the GOAT. He came into that Super Bowl. He did what he needed to do to win. He's the GOAT. I will never argue that point. But he's starting to decline. They dumped a lot of money into a guy who's starting to decline. I'm going to say that only out of sheer respect. With sheer respect to Tom Brady. If I was his agent playing in the NFL, whoa. I mean, who's going to do that again? Probably not too many other players. He got a contract extension. Yeah. You know why? 44? Who's the – let me check my notes. Who's a Super Bowl MVP? Tom Brady. Yes, he was. Yes. <laughs> Decline my ass. All yes. right. <laughs> I, I, I do know. I do feel he's he, he's starting to show signs of of some things that you know he he was hurried. He threw those three interceptions in a row in the NFC Championship game. His defense bailed him out. He isn't the MVP that threw fifty touchdowns to Randy Moss a couple of years ago, but yeah. he's still. In the f- think about what he did. Oh yeah, he he said, 
I'm going to leave this offense that I'm incredibly familiar with. Most of it was dink and dunk. I'm going to go down to Tampa. The offense is completely different where I throw the ball downfield half the time. Right. I'm, I'm going to take this brand new system. I don't know with a bunch of pieces that have never worked together. Never. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin have been there. Bring in Gronk, bring in Fournette, bring in all these pieces. That he's I'm, worked with. That he knows. Yeah. And then I'm going to start out struggling. But guess what? I'm going to go to the Super Bowl and win Super Bowl MVP. That is one of the most amazing accomplishments I have oh. ever seen in sports. And he may not have the skill set. I mean, he might not be a 10 anymore, but he's still an 8 Oh yeah, no. I correct me here. If I'm, I'm not trying to take away what he did at all. I that was amazing. Okay, but if you're giving this guy a three-year contract extension, a two-year contract extension, where is he going to be then? And you're going to be paying for this guy, and he may not be there either. You get another Super Bowl. Who cares? You get another Super Bowl. It doesn't. It does not really (laughs) matter. If he wins another one, yes. Oh my god! I I just (laughs) think about winning another Super Bowl. Eight rings. He's got seven. Which is insane. Like guys clamor. Dan Marino has zero. You know these. Aaron Rodgers has one. Brett Favre has one. You know Fran Tarkenton has zero. Jim Kelly has zero. Some of the great players ever. Yeah. Barry Sanders has zero. And and Brady's got seven. That's in, it's, that's it's just amazing. Nuts. It's amazing. Uh, you know it. Uh, I don't think we'll ever find a quarterback. Well. Alama Mahomes, obviously he'll be a different style or a different type of quarterback like that. But will he be able to accomplish what Brady's doing? If he can play in a 44, 45, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, but man, that that's a that's a tough one to chase after. I mean, th- th- just think about if He's been you are in Super Bowls. Right? 10? T- 10 or 11, right? 10 or 11 10, and he's 10, won 11, I don't know. He won 7? Is that right? Would you bet on the would you bet on the Buccaneers to win the NFC next year? Mm, yes. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a rematch. If we saw Bucks Bucks Chiefs. Yep. With and, that and, defense coming back, I was impressed with Tampa's defense. I God, really was. Great. Their offense was solid, but I thought their yeah. defense was even better. And they, they're they're bringing everybody back. The Chiefs reinforced their offensive line. They're bringing all the key offensive pieces back. Even their Demarcus Ware is sticking around. Uh, with Kansas City, it wouldn't shock me. But that's the thing about the NFL. A year ago, I never would have said Tampa's going to be the team. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't it, have thought I, that Never, never would have believed that. And you know, but that's what you love about the NFL because every year somebody steps up because either a they got that key free agent or b that player stepped up for them in the draft um, or somebody who might have been injured the year before is back a hundred percent. You know, a la. Brett Favre in 2009 when he led the Vikings to the NFC Championship game. Um, he was injured the year before, but he thought he's too old. He's out of it. But he did what he he did something amazing. You know, he came back and played great. Uh, so there's going to be other players doing the same thing. That's what I love about the NFL. It's constantly like this. You can't totally pick who's going to be that team. You can pick that familiar team that's going to probably be there in the end or in the early rounds of the playoffs, but who's that team that's going to catapult the bubble? You, you just don't know it from year after year. You don't know. We started talking about the NFL about a half an hour ago. <laughs> and, and we, and JD, we started talking about the NFL, how it owns the, the entire year. Right. The NBA trade deadline was yesterday. The Sweet 16 is tomorrow. 
You know, we aired Cubs baseball on 1350. Base, spring training is going on. The NFL is eight months away, six months away from starting. And we've spent half of our podcast-only streaming show talking about the NFL. If right. that and if and and you know we spent half the time talking about Brady. Brady. <laughs> yeah. No, if, I, I if that doesn't it. tell you how much the NFL is loved and adored and followed and how well that league has grabbed a hold of sports fans like you and me, nothing will. Yeah. I I absolutely love it. I could talk about it every day. And uh Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun. Especially if you're a diehard fan of a certain team. You have to be the Packers, be the Vikings, many Chiefs fans in this area as well. Um, I love this this, about Des Moines. I absolutely love this is it. It's the first time I've ever worked for a station or been in a city where I didn't have there is no pro team. You know, I worked in Ann Arbor, but Detroit was right down the road. I've worked in Milwaukee, have all those teams. I worked in Kansas City. You have the Chiefs and the Royals. There is no you know, hometown team in the pro ranks for the NFL. But what we have is a spike right in the middle. You've got Chicago, you got Green Bay, you got Minnesota, and you've got Kansas City directly yeah. south. I mean, it's you have so many different fan bases, and it probably just depends which part of the state you used to live in or part of the country you used to live in, all coming to Des Moines. And that's why you have – well, I think when we get into the fall, assuming they let you and I stay on the air – I think when they get when we get to the fall, we'll have so many NFL stories to talk about. You know, Andy Dalton, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, those those four names. God, Andy Dalton. Those four <laughs> names we are going to say over and over again because those are the teams I think most of Des Moines cares about, and I'm really looking forward to that. We just got to survive baseball season, you know. Yeah, and and you're still going to have some fun baseball games too along oh, the way. Baseball, so it's going to be fun too. Uh, and the other thing that I look forward to in the state of Iowa is you've got some great programs as far as college is concerned. Oh, yeah. Top-notch Iowa Hawkeyes, top-notch Iowa Cycl- or Iowa State Cyclones um, that are going back. They're, they're all coming back together. The Cyclones probably have the better lineup uh, coming back, so their expectations are going to be way high. Iowa Hawkeyes always have expectations, expectations way high. I think so- th- this will be the most hyped Cyhawk game in history. There will never be more because Iowa State will be a top 10 team before the year starts. Yes. Maybe top eight, possibly top five, because everybody's talking about Matt Campbell's team and everybody they have coming back. So you're going to have a top, let's say five, a top five team in, the, in, in college football versus, let's be honest, Big Brother, the team that has dominated – all of the hype and most of the rivalry game, big right. brother in Iowa city who, you know, Kirk Ferentz's teams are always kind of the same. They're tough up front. They surprise. They always beat a team. They're not supposed to beat. They lose to a team. They're not supposed to beat <laughs> or they're not supposed to lose to. And for the most part, recently they've beaten Iowa state. This will be the most hyped Cyhawk game ever. And I can't wait for it. It's the second I'm game excited. of the year. Can't wait I'm for excited. it. I'm excited. All I want to know is how do I get at least two tickets to the game? That I don't know. Uh, <laughs> StubHub.com is where it's <laughs> And a lot of this. <laughs> so I, I guess gone are the – I once bought a ticket for Iowa State. This was several years ago. And it was my first time going to a game at uh, Jack Trice. Yeah. And I once bought a ticket for the game the day after Thanksgiving. 
for Iowa State, West Virginia, and West Virginia was really good, and Iowa State was Iowa State. I paid six dollars <laughs> for that for a lower level in the corner, six dollars seat, just me for that game because I never been to Jack Trice. That stadium was half empty. <laughs> I don't think those those days are gone. I think they for, are. For Iowa I actually State right now. I will admit to you, I have some friends who are diehard West Virginia fans. Yeah, he came here. He had uh, his nephew was the long snapper for the Mountaineers. So he made me, if I was going to go to the game, I had to wear Mountaineer gear and I had to sit in the player section with him and his family. Super weird. So it was very super <laughs> weird. Okay. But that's just how Billy is. Um, and I said, okay, I'll do it. Cause nobody knows me anyway. So I, I put this stuff on. And I'm going there, and I'm remembering Cyclone fans the way it used to be. It wasn't that rowdy. It wasn't that ruckus. Let me tell you something. That fan section for the Cyclones that I was sitting next to, yeah, whoa, impressive, diehard fans. They were razzing the players' families. Well, when you, listen, when you drink 75 bush lights before you walk into a stadium, <laughs> you're going to have the ability to jabber. An Iowa State fan is proud of that. And the last thing, the last thing I was going to do was say, "No, really, I'm rooting for the Cyclones while I'm wearing Mountaineer gear." I know it's stupid, crazy, but the last thing I was going to do was tell any one of them that because they would have thought I no. dropped the wagon on them. <laughs> hey, uh, JD, we got to get out of here. Uh, I believe we're back in studio next week, so I will see you then, my friend. At least uh, thirty minutes, from what I understand. At least thirty minutes next week, man. Yes. We are granted all the airtime in the world. Uh, thanks to Rob Howe uh, for joining us from HawkeyeNation.com. This will be up on the podcast page. Follow us on SoundCloud or go to ESPNDesMoines.com on Twitter at ESPNDSM. Like the Facebook page, all that kind of cool stuff. Uh, JD, enjoy the basketball this weekend. We will do it again uh, coming up next week, and we might be in studio. We might be right back here. We're not 100% sure. So till then, I'll talk to you later. Way. What's that? Looking forward to it either way. For JD, I am Mike Wickett. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. This has been Wickett's World. Have yourself a great weekend.